George, way off. It's the side of the backboard. Take that for data. Adams gives it back to Rush. Deep shot. Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Good morning and welcome to Daddy's Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Daig, and with me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Gabe Sabarzo. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good to be back. Sorry, we uh, have been absent for a couple of weeks, but uh, we're coming with you, or coming to you, with a pretty uh, juicy pod here. And Zach Mueller. Yes, sir, we're back. Hey, Cam. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> yes, we are recording this on the back. I mean, literally minutes after Luka Doncic hitting another incredible step back three game winner. Uh, was awesome to watch. But before we get into that, let's introduce our special guest today. It is the one, the only Ramsey. How's it going, y'all? Happy to be here. Let's get to it. Also, for those of you who listen to us for the uh, fabulous audio quality, that video that Zach played was on purpose this time, just so everyone's aware. It was not an accident, as it usually is. <laughs> <laughs> May sound terrible, but it was worth it. Uh, that's what happens when you got like two people trying to call in on Discord on their phones. You got one person on a laptop. Like We're just making it up as we go along, but... We're here for the content anyway, boys, so it's not the quality, it's the quantity. Speaking of which, boys, we're back. As Gabe mentioned, sorry we missed the last couple weeks. Uh, We did have that one week that we missed that was completely my fault, just had life come up and uh, needed to take care of some things. Uh, And then last week, uh, as I'm sure all of us were going through the same thing, was Snowpocalypse. so hope everybody stayed safe. Hope everybody was able to uh, at least unfreeze their pipes after a while uh, and was able to kind of just enjoy time with their family, whatever. Uh, but we're back. We're back. And it feels good to be back. Feels good to be able to have these podcasts again. Um, and a lot has happened uh, in the NBA. A lot has happened in our fantasy league. And so today, I just want to kind of give like a little format for how this is going to go uh, because it's not going to be a usual pod. We're going to try to get back to normalcy next week. Um, But for this week, we're going to run through each of our teams. Uh, So like the Thunder, um, the Rockets, and the Mavs, kind of give an update on each of those teams like we have been doing. And then we're going to go through a couple of trade breakdowns from our league. Uh, we're, at that point, we're going to kind of let Ramsey talk about kind of how he evaluates uh, picks because uh, I think he's been hoarding them all for the past couple weeks. And uh, then after that, rather than talking about each individual matchup, we're going to kind of give like a power rankings of all of the teams and kind of check in with, with 
with each team uh, and kind of see what direction they're going. Are they are they surging towards like a contender or are they falling? Uh, kind of looking forward to next year. Uh, we thought that'd be a good time to kind of talk about each of those things um, so that we can really talk about the matchups again next week. Is uh, Are we all good with that, boys? Yeah, sounds good to me. Works for me. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get started here. So, Ramsey, you're a Rockets fan, correct? I am. Um, why don't Why don't you kind of give us, like, a Rockets update for how things have been going the last few weeks? Been bad. Uh, um, <laughs> I think we're one in nine out of our last ten. Yeah. Uh, just getting dismantled by the Bulls and fucked by everyone and their moms. Uh, Christian Wood, <laughs> we haven't won a game since he went out, but uh, you know, makes it easier to uh, we're not makes it easier to uh, root for the tank. So we're we're actually, we're actually also like doing a pretty good job of taking ourselves out as Victor Oladipo, <laughs> who also hasn't played, apparently stepped on uh, one of his teammates' feet during practice, which prevented him from uh, getting back on Monday like he wanted to and instead has now been set back even further. So, yeah, it's kind of a uh, kind of a mess right now for Houston, like uh, Ramsey was saying. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Did you have more to say about the Rockets, Ramsey? Oh, no, you're good. I'm just glad we don't have to make the choice at the deadline of whether we want to uh, push for an eight seed or <laughs> so makes it easier. Yeah, we'll leave that to the uh, the Thunder. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, before we move on to the Thunder, uh, what was y'all's reactions on the boogie news? Um, you know, like, Ramsey, did you have thoughts? I, I want to hear no, your no, you, go, you go ahead. Well, my initial thoughts were, um, like, without Christian Wood, we were going to see the most, like, DeMarcus Cousins that we were going to see this year because we've tried to play them alongside each other, and uh, it didn't work. And so it was going to be, like, a minute split. And um, for a team that's not, like, for, for, a, for a team that doesn't have, like, long-term plans for Boogie, I think it was probably the right move. It um, allows him to sign somewhere here late in his career to where he can maybe inherit like a, a backup center job or, or something like that somewhere or help a contender uh, like the Lakers just in the in the locker room or wherever he um, like may sign. But it does kind of confirm our commitment to Christian Wood. Um as kind of the future of that center position. And it also gives guys like uh, the young guys, Jay Sean Tate, and uh, we played Justin Patton yesterday. He looked all right. And so, um, yeah, I think it was it was a fine, but um, it was a little bit surprising just the way that it was handled because Silas apparently was like, oh, no, it's just a rumor, and then it happened. And I don't know. It's always confusing how that news breaks. Yeah, I was a little surprised that um... – like you were mentioning, kind of how it was handled. Because, Gabe, I'm pretty sure me and you were playing Xbox together whenever the new, the news came out that Steven Silas was saying it was just a rumor. Uh, yeah. And then it felt like pretty quickly after that, just a couple days later, like the release actually happened. Uh, it just didn't feel like everybody was totally on the same page with all of that. Um, right. And I think the other thing that shocked me was 
it felt very rushed. Like, I don't know how much time was spent on that front office trying to get some sort of, uh, like, pick or maybe a player back or, or something, like even just a second-round pick. I know Boogie wasn't all that great for y'all, but yeah. even, like, some name value there, I, I don't know. Well, I think we've, we've seen the market for, like, older centers, like Andre Drummond, and um Blake Griffin and like some of these above the rim players who are on the back end of their career the market is not very friendly right now like all of these guys uh, are being sat out in their respective teams or they're being waived or cut or bought out Mm -hmm. and so I just think like it like Boogie is maybe the second best at at, like at, at best of that list and so I just don't know um like at this stage in his career, if there was really any value that we could have salvaged, I think this was probably best case scenario. I also wanted to mention that we traded for Kevin Porter and he's apparently been impressing in the G league. So hopefully like uh, between him and uh, when we draft uh, Kate Cunningham and all the, all the future uh, number one picks for the next few years, we can, we can build back up uh, with Christian Wood and, and some of these other guys at the, at the helm. It's it's just so weird to me after seeing that report today that like Boogie was upset he was behind Wood because I'm sitting there like have you not been watching like how good <laughs> Wood has yeah. been all year yeah Wood would have been an all star today yeah. if he uh, if he had been playing yeah I don't know that that was just a, a head scratcher to me I don't know like kind of like y'all said the whole way it was handled was was pretty yeah. odd well it's like like a similar situation in Cleveland with uh, Jared Allen and and Andre Drummond, like Jared Allen is better than Andre Drummond. I don't even think it's arguable, but right now, like if, if we were still in a situation, I don't know that JD Bickerstaff like has the, uh, like, I guess audacity to really make the, make the, like, like you have to make such a statement as a coach and that front office has already invested in Andre Drummond an insane amount of money. Like it takes more than just skill at this point to it's not like aau or youth basketball where you can just play the best players there's a lot more politics behind it yeah and so i do feel like um i don't know sometimes we don't get the full experience as fans or the full uh like what's going on behind closed doors but anyways well yeah i'm not a big fan of what cleveland's doing right now yeah strange roster strange roster um well, speaking of embracing the tank, uh, this will be a great transition to the Thunder. Uh, if you haven't already, Ramsey and Gabe, you need to start getting acquainted with tankathon.com. Okay. Um, basically, it inverses the standings in the NBA and gives you, and it, uh, you can basically simulate the lottery as many times as you want, and it does real time odds and all this stuff. Uh, and then there's also like a Mac mock draft um, for the top prospects. <clears throat> really fun. Um, and so I thought it would be fun uh, to kind of do a lottery of our own, just kind of each pod. Uh, so I'm going to run a simulation of a lottery here and just kind of see where the picks land. And in this situation, Houston would keep their number four pick. Uh, because if you remember, we have pick swap rights to y'all's pick um, or the best of yours ours and the heats pick but y'all's is a uh, top four protected so if it lands in that top four you get to keep it 
so in this simulation, y'all would get the fourth pick, the Thunder would get the seventh pick, and the eleventh pick from the Miami Heat. Um, so I hope that doesn't happen. But uh, you had mentioned Cade Cunningham, and I just really briefly, really briefly wanted to mention some of these uh, top players because what the other thing that's happened um, in the few weeks that we um, that we haven't talked to you guys is the G League bubble has been going oh, on yeah. with Team Ignite, uh, which is that young team of players and prospects who decided to skip college to play in the G League. Uh, players such as um, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, uh, those are kind of the big two that have showcased their skills on uh the G League Ignite, they both have been playing really, really well and have kind of solidified themselves as top five prospects along with like a Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State who looks like the surefire number one guy, Evan Mobley out of USC, um, and Jalen Suggs. So kind of what's encouraging for both of our franchises if it is if we can land one of those top picks, um, it honestly looks like there's five franchise changing guys uh that'll be available for you on the board um which is a great thing for the thunder because we've dropped our last five games uh none of them have been relatively close um we are definitely our record is finally catching up to where our net rating was like i talked about a few weeks ago on the podcast um and although the I think the past six games our defense has actually improved to like the 16th or 17th best defense in the league um our offense just is not there uh like there we we show flashes like Lou Dort shows some things every now and then Isaiah Roby's been having flashes as of late Shea Gilgis Alexander is incredible but he had missed time for a little bit um outside of like those flashes and SGA doing his thing, it's just a bunch of players who really don't know how to score on their own, um, which is, which is limiting us, but kind of expected at the same time. So I'm anxious to see how our next few games go. Uh, I'd really like to get into that top five, top four range, uh, kind of where Houston is as well right now. Um, but for team tank, all things are going well. And now, Zach, we can finally, I know you've been holding back your grins, holding back your laughs. Let's talk about the Mavs. Before that, I was just going to say it's so funny to me because I'll be, like, checking score updates in the NBA, and the Thunder will be up by, like, 10 or 15 at halftime or something. (laughs) And then you look, and, like, midway through the third quarter, and they're down 20. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that is – like I don't I don't want to discredit the Thunder. Like the Thunder, we do play so hard every single night. Like these players go out there and like honestly Lou Dort probably leads our mentality um I guess for our team. Just like how hard he plays defensively is how hard like each one of our players play. But I do think that mainly it's a byproduct of teams not taking us seriously, especially when uh Shea was out you would have teams like the Lakers and the Bucks be playing us without SGA and it's like why would they even try 
you know, and then they realize they're down by 10 or 15 and they got to actually play NBA games. And then all of a sudden, like they're up by 10 or 15, exactly like you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's just wild. Yeah, we're a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, as far as the Mavs, um, obviously things have been going a lot better than our last pod, which was like, I don't know, three weeks ago. But um, at that last pod, I'd said the Mavs needed to go at least seven and three over their next 10 to really have kind of a chance of getting back into it. And as of right now, over their last nine, they're seven and two. So they haven't gotten to play those. uh, Actually, I wasn't even including the Celtics game in that 10 because they were supposed to play two games last week and both got uh, postponed or canceled due to the power outages. So um, that that was actually a huge win, in my opinion, tonight, because us and the Celtics are pretty similar teams um, in the different conferences. And this was just the game we kind of really had to have, just like last night against the Grizzlies. And uh, it's it's awesome that we uh, won both of them. And, I mean, tonight we were up like 11 with a minute – or no, it was about four minutes left, and we just choked it away. Um, but then at the very end, you all saw the, the Luka heroics. So it's always nice to see the uh, high-percentage step-back threes going in, right, Cam? Yeah, man, they're my favorite shot. What can I say? <laughs> but, uh, no, I did want to ask, though, just after watching that, and obviously as much of a Luca homer as I am, where would you guys rank Luca if y'all had to? Like, do y'all have him in your top five, or is he is more this, top ten to you? Is this a fantasy question, or like... Th- th- this NBA is a actual NBA talent. Oh, man, that's that's tough. Yeah, that's actually – I'd have to think about that harder. I know if he could shoot a free throw, he'd be a lot better fantasy player. <laughs> well, he's actually been better this year. He shot two for nine like two days ago. No, I know. <laughs> the other game was his worst game of the year. And then I was watching the Wizards and the Lakers and Russ and LeBron both missed game-winning free throws, and I was like, but, like, is that a requirement to be a star in this league? You just can't Dude, you know who else is a bad free throw shooter? I didn't know. John Wall. That dude is shooting bad right now. Yeah. Um, you remember when Russ Westbrook used to be like an 85% free throw shooter? Was he really? How yeah, did that go away? You know I what changed know. that? I think so. So what changed that is when they changed the rules on how long you could take at the free throw line because his routine was uh, he would walk all the way to the other team's free throw line um, and then walk back. And it would take, it took forever. Like it was so annoying, but that was when he was shooting 85%. And then the, the off season where they changed that rule where he couldn't walk all the way back again, his uh, free throw, his free throw percentage plummeted to like 72%. And everybody thought it was because of that. That actually makes no sense. No, no sense at all, but very Russell Westbrook like. Yeah, I will is. say the rule was probably good to implement, though. That probably took, like, two minutes. I would agree, <laughs> except it, it ruined his free throw percentage, and I'm sticking with that. <laughs> uh, but the only other thing for the Mavs I was going to mention, um, I don't know how much y'all have been paying attention to us, but um, Jalen Brunson, this dude is looking like a monster as of lately. Like, I think if he keeps this level of production up, he could be – competing for six man of the year by the end of the year 
No, I thought I thought since I watched early Mavs games, he was y'all's second best ball handler, and I I stand by that. I think oh, yeah. behind Luca, he is your second best ball handler, and yeah. that's including Tim Hardaway. That's including all of the starting five, Chris Stapps, everybody. Jalen Brunson is Josh like Richardson. best ball handler on that team. No, I I one hundred percent agree, and it's been really nice when Luca's not in that Brunson, um, Tim Hardaway, and finally Josh Richardson. They're giving us an offensive spark where we have not had that like all season. Like normally when Luca goes out, the other team goes on like a fifteen point run. Yeah. Now we're either staying even or we're even maybe even winning for a little bit. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, Zach. Go ahead. Sorry. How's your boy? Do what? Kleber? Has he, Kleber been hitting his shots? Uh, Kleber has actually, I think he is our, if not the number one three-point shooter on our team, he's number one or number two percentage-wise. And I forget what game he hit the game winner. Was it the Pelicans or something a few weeks ago? And then Like he a hit month that ago? Earlier in the like year. a month ago was like uh, the Pelicans one. No, I think you're thinking of the Nuggets one in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, but he hit another one recently. I don't know if it was a buzzer beater, but it was, like, very clutch and won us the game. So, yeah, he, he's been uh, playing well. And all, the other guy that I say depends on our success, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he's actually been shooting really well the past six or seven games. So that kind of goes into our winning streak as well. When, when those guys that are – 50-50 on hitting their uh, wide-open shots when they're actually making them, it makes a big difference. So Maxi Kleba is shooting 45% from three. Uh, now yep. now he's only taking 3.6 threes a game, but that's still pretty dang good. And Tim Hardaway is shooting 40.5% from three, and he's taking almost eight threes a game. Yeah, I was talking about this with Bowie. Um, Tim Hardaway is like, he's the most fun and the most difficult player to watch all in one because he's literally like a mini mellow as far as streakiness. Like he's going to hit every shot or he's going to miss every single shot. I'd say more like a J.R. Smith. Yeah, yeah, I would say J.R. Smith, too. I mean, his game's nothing. Swaggy P, Lou Will, yeah. Jordan Clarkson, Eric Gordon. Like, all of these six men, they just <laughs> – they are elite offensive scorers. But, holy cow, they if they're 0 for 7, you better believe they're going 0 for 19 that night no because doubt. they're not going to stop. Some now, of the shots he takes are ridiculous. Yeah. The thing I've been very happy with Hardaway, when he starts missing, he is going to the basket. And a lot of those guys just keep chunking it up, which he will. But uh, I think it's a good sign when they stay aggressive and go to the rim. Hey, last thing on the Mavs, uh, Zach, which I can't believe you didn't mention. What about these uh, no, Chris Stapps Porzingis rumors? I, I was saving it for then. Uh, okay. So, honestly, I... Like, I like KP, and I think he's still a pretty good player. But I am open to either route that we take on this. So if we keep him and he continues to hopefully get better, start to play more, I'm fine with that. Um, but I'm also fine if we trade him at this point because even if we just get, like, a rental for this year, um, like a one-year expiring contract, like Drummond or something, um, and then – 
we get rid of KP's dog shit contract for as far as the amount he's getting paid for what he's actually doing for the team. And then um, I, I saw a few other trade rumors of like the Warriors and they were going to give us like a first and Wiseman and Wiggins, which like, what? I don't know, Wiggins doesn't exactly like make me excited, but like, I don't think the Warriors would ever do a trade package like that because they'd be getting trade raped. I was almost going to ask if you thought y'all would have to actually attach an asset to get rid of him. I think it depends because there are some teams out there that I think are desperate for star power. And I think uh, he could potentially go to one of those. That's okay with eating a bad contract to become relevant again. But uh, I don't think there's a lot of those teams out there. So I think it's just the right match kind of. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, you guys got anything else on your teams? Any questions for Zach? Not on my team. Not on any of these teams, but what the fuck? The Utah Jazz are so good. (laughs) I know. How did that happen? We haven't even gotten to talk about them really on the pod because I think our last pod is when they really started their winning streak. Uh, Are they at like 21 of 22 games right now or something like that that they've won? Yeah, I think something like that. Dude, they, they don't miss shots. Yeah. They just make every single three they shoot. It's 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 absolutely nuts. And I was actually listening to um oh, which podcast was it? I think it was the mismatch with Kevin O'Connor. Um and he they were actually mentioning that oh no, it was Bill Simmons. It was a Bill Simmons podcast that not only were they winning games, but they were actually covering the spread. So, like, whenever they were on that 20 of 21 games, one or whatever, uh, of those 21 games, they covered the spread in, like, 20 of the games. So, like, had you bet on the Jazz in every single one of those games, you would have won 20 out of 21 games, even against Vegas. So, like, that just shows the dominance not only to win these games, but they're, like, outperforming what even Vegas would think that they're doing. Um, up until I think that Clippers game was the last one that they lost. So it's yeah. it's crazy, man. They're super good. No, they are. So do y'all think they are a legitimate contender to win it all? Or do you think they're more of the regular season heroes that are going to get dominated in the playoffs? See, that, that's the thing. They With the Jazz, they've kind of kept the same uh, – you know, they've had Gobert, Mitchell. Um, they kind of kept that same core for a while, and they haven't succeeded, you know, when shit counts. And I'm hesitant to buy into them now, but, I mean, like you said, covering the spread in all those games, and that's that's legit. Yeah. So they, they might be the real deal. I think the question... Go ahead. I think the question to kind of go along with that question is, like, how many contenders are there really? Because, like, I have so many questions for a lot of these teams. You know, like, the Lakers kind of get a benefit of the doubt because they lost last year, but now they have an Anthony Davis injury. Uh, the Clippers are always going to have questions with them until they actually do something. The Bucks, uh, we, like, it's well documented that they come, they fall short in the playoffs. So it's just, like, how many contenders are there really? Uh, like, are we putting the Jazz on that second 
tier behind the Lakers? In my eyes, in my eyes, there's six contenders, and the Jazz are one of them. It's the 76, like the top three in in both divisions: the 76ers, the Nets, and the Bucks, and the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Lakers. And the Jazz are definitely in that conversation. I think that it's like once it gets to the playoffs, they're going to. Like, they're going to have to reprove themselves. Like, I think the regular season jazz, like Ramsey was saying, is one thing. But then, like, kind of like the, the Bucks from last year, where, like, the playoffs are going to be a totally different beast. And you're going to have to see them match up against maybe the Mavericks in the early. Like, there, there's no there's no cakewalks. Like, there, there's going to yeah. be, you're going to have to play some teams that are definitely good. And you're going to have to beat those teams to make it even to the Western Conference Finals. And then... Once we uh, once we get there, I, like I think they have the ability to. I think that uh, especially Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley playing at the level that they're playing at, as well as uh, like Royce O'Neal and um, a couple of the other shooters who are just shooting out of their minds. Yeah, Bogdanovich. Um, I, I yeah, yeah. They're honestly a really fun team to watch, but the thing for me is like when you're that successful from the three point line, like. The thing is, once you get in playoffs, if you start going on a poor streak there, it, like, you're done. So you're going to live and die by the three, and you could win it all, or you could choke in first round. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on here to more of our fantasy uh, news. Uh, great updates on all our teams, guys. Um, and let's go ahead and just jump into... Uh, two trades that have been made uh, since our last podcast. So the first trade is actually between Gabe and Ramsey, and and you have to go all the way back to uh, February 9th um, to see this trade. So a little bit back, um, but but the the trade is Gabe receives Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons, and Ramsey receives uh, Dejounte Murray. Fred Van Fleet, and a 2021 third-round pick. Um, Zach, I'm going to throw it over to you first. Uh, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this trade, and then um, let's give it to Gabe and Ramsey to kind of talk through what each of them were thinking. Yeah, just when I first look at it, um, the main names that jump out to me are Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons. And I thought that Gabe definitely won the trade. But then the more I looked at it, I was like, well, I know Ramsey is sort of like playing for next year. And so with the third round pick, like if you actually look at the players that were going in the third round last year, like he's going to get a really good player at that spot. So I, I really think he's just building for next year. He's kind of – he's not punted on this season because he – He's still somewhat competing in the middle of the pack, but uh, he's honestly in kind of a good spot because he can try and win as many as he wants this year um, and kind of just see where he ends up. And then um, he's also in a very, very good position for next year. So, Yeah, and uh, Gabe, go ahead and start us kind of – well, no, actually, Ramsey, go ahead and start us with, like, your thinking on this trade. Uh, so, basically – Anthony Davis was my third pick this year, and I didn't anticipate him sitting 
you know, as much as he was doing. And he was uncharacteristically bad from the free throw line, which was weird for him. And his game just seemed a little different. Obviously, looking now with his injury, that it timed really nicely for me. But I didn't think he was going to be someone that would actually win me games. Um, and Simmons, on the other hand, is the other way. So when I traded him, he started scoring again, which man, good for Gabe, but he's killing it. Um, but yeah, with this team I have, I just don't, uh, there's no way that I'm going to win this year. I'm mainly playing the role of the pesk. I'm going to use all my matchup acquisitions. I'm going to try to pump it into the playoffs and see if I can make it. But, uh, Van Fleet, Van Fleet was, uh, I think he was a sixth round draft pick that puts him at, I think $9 that we have. And DeJounte Murray was, I think. Maybe he's fifth and DeJounte was sixth. So I was playing for getting my keepers for next season and including the pick. Uh, so it, I think it worked out well but for both of us. Man, that's such like a such like a different level uh, of thinking fantasy, which not to take anything away from that, but my mind just like my mind doesn't go there initially, right? Like I'm not I'm not automatically playing for next year. I'm not automatically thinking about my keepers. Um, and I just think that it's like a really interesting strategy uh, and smart um, to like always keep that conscious, like always keep that in front of you, know how much like each round is going to cost, uh, knowing how much you're going to have to spend for the next year on your keepers. Like just like a super interesting thing that I like just completely honest, I do not think of when I'm either a making trades or uh, even just thinking about like this NBA season, you know, like that's, that's really, really interesting to me. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, yeah, it's this is the first time I've ever played in uh, a league like this where we're doing keepers with picks and whatnot. And uh, obviously, I don't know how people are going to, uh, who's going to keep who and what positions are going to be. Like, is the third round more going to be equivalent of, like, fourth round or fifth round from last year? I don't know that, but I do know that looking at the top players from this season, they're rankings you've got a ton of guys that were picked way later on and i'm trying to build as many uh solid players as i can instead of i guess stars yeah yeah and gabe go ahead and give us your thoughts here on this uh on this uh trade yeah so um like ramsey was saying uh the two trades actually give him six picks in the first three rounds of next year's draft plus his two keepers. So that's already eight players by the time most of us have three or five, depending on how you look at it. That's a pretty significant advantage, especially because the high-end fantasy players are a lot easier to predict than some of the flyers when there's position battles or when there's uh, like breakout candidates and things like that. You know, like you could have drafted Christian Wood this year, but did you really know that he was going to be the like valuable fantasy asset you could think it but like you needed him to prove it he's never been um putting up the numbers that he is and so i think that this is like like uh ramsey was saying it definitely sets him up well for next year and if he can i mean sneak in and knock somebody out of that six seed in the playoffs i think it would be uh more power to him you know um but for this year uh Ramsey's big man stats definitely take a hit, obviously losing Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons. Uh, both get a lot of rebounds. They're pretty good field goal percentage players. Um, 
and they get blocks as well, both pretty good defenders. And we talked about Ramsey's, uh, like one of the things that he had at an elite level was his rebounding. And with this trade, it went to above average. And then he actually traded away, uh, or he actually re-received John Collins. Um, And so his rebounding and his big man stats in general are going to be pretty good. But he has two large contributors on IR right now in Christian Wood and Mitch Mitch Robinson. So uh, once they get healthy, I think we'll get a clearer picture of what Ramsey's, like, team's scope will be uh, uh for the for the future of this year at least uh as far as my team is concerned um i definitely get a bump to some of those big man stats like we were talking about earlier and i lose some threes and free throw percentage um but i felt like i could afford to lose those especially because ad is averaging uh, in the games that he's played 8.6 rebounds per game and 1.9 blocks per game and so I felt like my team was lacking in rebounds and field goal percentage specifically. And I felt like this trade makes me more competitive in those two categories while hopefully still remaining decent in threes, uh, largely on the back of Steph Curry and free throw percentage. Uh, I think will ultimately come down to uh, Seth, Steph Curry and Ben Simmons are going to take a good amount of free throws. And so I think that um, if Steph can kind of offset Ben Simmons's free throws, even though Ben has been shooting a little bit better, um, Curry shoots 93% on 5.4 this game, and Ben Simmons is shooting uh, just under 64% on five attempts per game. So if we can get those to offset and I can still win free throw percentage uh, most weeks, I think that this, uh, this this trade ended up making my team uh, stronger in the short run, even though it cost me a third-round pick. Do you know what kind of timeline we're looking at with Anthony Davis uh, like I've seen everything from he could be out for the next month. He's waiting until after the all-star break. Like, have you seen no, anything? I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't expect it before the all-star break. I don't think they'll rush him back. I was joking with Garrett that every time I look up uh, an injury report on some of my players that are injured, um, it just says there's no timetable for their return. And so, I mean, I think a lot of them, uh, I, 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 I couldn't afford to hold as many injured players as I had last week. And so I most, most of the injured players uh, that I've had on my team, now it's just Anthony Davis and Yusuf Nurkic, and Nurkic I'm expecting back uh, maybe in a couple of weeks. I think they'll both be around the All-Star break. Anthony Davis is uh, maybe a little bit later, but I do think he's a pretty key piece to the Lakers making a, another championship run, and so I don't think that he's going to go into the playoffs like rusty if he can help it if his injury can help it so i think that they're going to be really careful with him and uh maybe limit his minutes in the early going but i think come championship time i think that he'll be um a pretty valuable fantasy contributor to my team awesome any other uh anything else we need to talk about on this trade uh quick uh gabe i think you said you get i think we get up to three keepers right i think you said two is it three? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think okay. it is and, three. So yeah, yeah. yeah. He has six picks. So I'm gonna have nine, nine. three keepers. Yeah. So he's got nine. He's got nine fantasy players by the time the third round's over next year. Insane. That is wild. <laughs> um, well, Ramsey Fred Van Fleet did not uh last too much on your team. Uh, he was there for about two and a half weeks, and then you shipped him off in your next trade with Nick. Um, and you sent Fred Van Fleet over to Nick, and Nick sent back uh, John Collins and a 2021 second round 
pick. Um, first off, Gabe, like what what was your assessment of this trade? Uh, kind of on first glance. Uh, I put right on first glance that uh, Fred Van Vliet is definitely not being treated like the top twenty player that he is in fantasy this year. But I understand why Ramsey uh, made the move. I think that uh, John Collins, like we, we talked about his big man stats, definitely fits the build that Ramsey was going for a little bit better than, than Van Vliet does. And on the flip side, I think that uh, Nick really benefits uh, from uh, Van Vliet. And honestly, the, the second round pick is definitely, like Van Vliet is a far superior this year um, fantasy option to John Collins. Uh, John Collins, while he was really good last year for fantasy, the uh, presence of Clint Capella, among uh, some of the other things, that his numbers are just kind of down. Um, and so if, like we said, we're, if, if Ramsey's building for next year and John Collins finds a new uh, home where he has now inherited a lot more minutes next to a uh, not-so-dominant rebounding guard or a rebounding center, uh, then I think that that could be something interesting for a keeper possibility or something like that. But um, like, I do think that for the builds that they had respectively made for their fantasy teams, uh, the, the player that they ended up with um, is probably going to be impacting the categories that they were going to win more so than, uh, the, le- than, than the former, if they had kept the former. You know, honestly, I, I think Nick made this move because I picked him to win the league. And so I really just respect him going all out this season to make my takes look better. <laughs> and that's what I, that's what I'm going to stand by. Thanks, Nick. And I was also, I was also going to say that the, the bump to steals is interesting because Van Vliet's averaging 1.7 steals compared to Collins' uh, 0.5. And he's definitely also getting a boost to assists and threes and only gives up big man stats which nick's team is already pretty weak in and his canter is really the only contributing big man in most cases and Ennis canter is not even a permanent starter at, at center when everyone's healthy on that trailblazers team so um i don't think he gave up that much in terms of um like fitting a player that like fits his team mold cool zach did you have any um Thoughts on this trade? Um, no, honestly, just from my point of view, I feel like Ramsey may have won the trade a little because the second round pick is so valuable. But like y'all said, if Nick is trying to make a push this year, I get it from his perspective, but I think he might have given up a little bit too much. Uh, Ramsey, were you happy? I mean, obviously you made the trade, but were you happy to get what you got for van fleet after just trading for him uh so van fleet's the man he's actually like you said busy top 20 fantasy this year he's been killing it he's 19 this year like he's insane he's so much but like he's not even john collins is like somewhere in the atmosphere and fred van fleet is number 19 like john collins is in the 90s i think they're not yet terrible this year no i uh i'm not stoked about John Collins, really, I'm just banking on him getting traded or signed somewhere yeah. else during free agency because this season with Clint just balling out, everything else going on, it, it hasn't been him. Like, right. it, I'm not expecting much out of him. Um, but 
one thing I think you should talk about for uh, Van Fleet is he's a great deal. He was the fifth or sixth round pick, and he's performing like with the 19th player, so that's going to be a great keeper for uh, next year. That's true. And John Collins, I mean, if he can go somewhere where he's the man, he's going to put up numbers. Uh, It's not going to be in Atlanta, but I'm banking on him going somewhere else. And uh, right now I'll be keeping Christian Wood, DeJounte Murray, and John Collins. Okay. Okay. And uh, then I valued Ben Fleet at pretty much a second rounder, so being able to – Instead of using the keeper on him, just having a second rounder seemed pretty sweet to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And like I mentioned on the last trade, it's, uh, again, it just seems like forward thinking on your part. Um, and may- maybe I'm alone in this. Like, I don't know if Gabe and Zach, you guys are already thinking about your keepers for next year, but I have not even approached that thought. So, um, seems like very forward thinking on your end, Ramsey. Mine's pretty simple. Yeah, okay, we get it. You're going to take Luca for the next 7 years. It's fine. Um Okay, let's go ahead. I think that was it for the trades. Um and Zach, do you want to give an update on I know you put something in the sleeper about like picks can't be traded after this week or what what's up? Yeah, uh so I think Ramsey had kind of led this, but um we are making it where like the pick trade deadline ends after this week because we don't want uh people just like, you know, tanking, um storing up on all the picks, stuff like that. Um so we we got to make a deadline somewhere in the middle and this seemed like a good week. Um I think me, him, Bowie and Nick had decided that like I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, but yeah, I just wanted to remind everyone. Okay, so but you know what that, but you know what that means. Sunday two o'clock, fire sale on Daniel's whole team, <laughs> just like <fan> <laughs> Oh man. Daniel doesn't listen to this man. pod though, so he'll never know. <laughs> uh, I don't want all the notifications. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay, but so trading trading in ESPN is still a go, correct? Like the players can still be traded? Yeah, just make sure if you trade a player in ESPN that you put it in sleeper two. Um and if it involves picks, you definitely want to make sure it's in sleeper because that's really the only one it's gonna matter in. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Um okay. So, like I mentioned before, we're not going to go through all of the matchups, but rather we're going to do kind of a power rankings. Um, I say power rankings. We're really just going to go through each team and kind of mention, are they on the up? Are they on the down? Uh, where do we kind of project them as finishing? W- which it's kind of interesting because in the NBA, we're doing all sorts of like, or we just found out the NBA All-Stars and it's really weird because we're not even halfway through the NBA season. Like that, that seems like a really weird concept to me. Um, we're, if I remember correctly from the podcast, we're only like 42% through the NBA season. I think that's exactly right. And, uh, yeah, I listen to those podcasts, bro. They do all the math for me. And, uh, typically in a typical year, you do NBA all-star voting beginning, uh, at 51% of the season. Um, so we are definitely like jumping the gun 
quite a bit on the All-Stars, which makes it seem like the season is ending sooner than it really is. There's still a lot of basketball to be played, and with that, a lot of fantasy to be played. So, like, we're going to give these rankings or power rankings or whatever, but there's still so much that can change. There's still lots of injuries, lots of playing time to be switched around, like, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot that's still left in this season. So take what we say with a grain of salt, as I'm sure you all do anyway, especially what I say. Um, and we'll be good. You guys, uh, ready for the rankings? Sure. Let's do it. I also thought it might be good. Like, and maybe this is how we'll do it is give like a standings update. Um, cause I don't know that we've done that really in any of our podcasts. Uh, and not like these guys don't know where they stand, but just like an update really quick so over in the dallas plus Bowie side of the bracket it's uh Bowie is in first with a 46 24 and 2 record garrett's in second and he's four and a half games back i'm in third with a 35 and 37 record i'm 12 games back zach is in fourth 15 games back camden's in fifth uh 15 and a half games back and Big R is in last on our side. He is 22 games back of Bowie. Over on the Houston side of the bracket, we've got Gabe uh, in first with a 48-23-1 record, um, which is better than Bowie, in case you're wondering, over on the other side. Uh, Bobby is in second. He is six and a half games back. Uh, Nick is in third, 10 and a half games back. Ramsey, you're in fourth, 11 and a half games back. Ryan is in fifth, 12 games back. And Daniel, <laughs> Daniel is in last. He is a whopping 31 and a half games back. Um, so Gabe, as you mentioned, there could be a fire sale coming soon. Um, and that's kind of just a little standings update for you guys. Zach, can you, do you know off the top of your head like how playoffs works like is it top three from each division is it just top six um whatever it's top six overall but i think the way it works if i'm not mistaken is the number one in each division are the top two seeds gotcha gotcha yeah i could be wrong but i think that's how it works because that's how football normally works okay that makes sense um so I'm going to click on this real quick. We're going to start with, we're just going to go straight down the list there, guys. And we're going to start with Bowie's team. Um, and Bowie is first in our division. And this past week, he actually took on Gabe, uh, in which you get, it was, it was the, the battle of the top teams. And you guys tied four to four. Um, Zach, why don't you start us off? Uh, and just kind of give like he's obviously in first place, but what like what are your what are your thoughts currently of Bowie's team? Like, do you see it going well or what? Yeah, so for Bowie's team, the notes that I had, like you said, he's forty six, twenty four, and two. He is the number two overall, only with Gabe in front of him right now. Um, I personally think Bowie's going to stay near the top. I don't know if he'll stay at two, but I think he's going to stay in the top four range, no doubt. Um, he's got extremely good guards and uh, kind of the guard forward play. He's got Kyrie, Brogdon, um, Dame, LeBron. 
And then I, I made a note his big men are kind of weak, but he has had some luck with Rashawn Holmes because he's had such a good year at Sacramento. Um, so that's kind of a nice surprise for him. But, yeah, I, I think we're going to continue to see Bowie near the top, um, and he's going to definitely be one of the contenders that could win it. But um, I don't see him, like, falling really bad or anything like that. And uh, Gabe, what are your what are your thoughts on Bowie's team? Yeah, so um, Bowie actually in the last three weeks he went ten, thirteen, and one. Um, I don't think it's that much reason for concern. I think that the absence of Drew Holiday and then Rashawn Holmes uh, he goes into foul trouble sometimes, and he actually has had a slight decrease in uh, his counting stats. So I think that's affected some of the fantasy output that his team has put out. Michael Porter Jr. is really confusing for fantasy um, because we don't ever really know uh, what his playing time is going to look like or what that rotation is going to look like. But I did want to mention that uh, P.J. Washington and Wendell Carter are finding their stride. Wendell was out with an injury, and uh, he's come back, and he looks um, a lot better than he really ever did before the injury. And P.J. Washington is getting some center minutes now, which is helping a lot of his big man counting stats. Um, he's taking minutes from Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, And so I think that that is um, going to help Bowie in the long run. I, I still think, like Zach was saying, Bowie is going to be one of the top teams and one of the contenders uh, this year. But he has hit a bit of a rough, rough patch, uh, losing uh, 13 categories in the last three weeks. Just uh, never forget Bowie lost to Daniel. <laughs> that is true. I thought that was important to note. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's what Daniel can hang in the rafters, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like the Mavs keep hanging the uh the Luca trade in the rafters. That's what Daniel can hold on to. Um, Ramsey, did you have anything on uh Bowie's team? Are you a fan of it? Uh, I think he that Wendell Carter pickup was big. He's gonna be pretty damn good and. uh I mean, Kobe White sucks in real life, but he's pretty good for fantasy <laughs> and everything else. He doesn't really have any weaknesses, so solid squad. Yeah, I do think I do think it's important to mention, uh, just because like we should always do it when we get a chance. LeBron James, man, like the guy, just again is number one for his position, and like he's in year nineteen, and every single year for what feels like the past five years, we've said, man, this is probably the year where he like takes off a little bit or like maybe starts to slump and it just does not happen with that guy um and it's absolutely insane to see i know that's not like fantasy relevance but that's just greatness in front of our eyes that i would love to mention moving on to our next team here let's go ahead and uh talk about garrett's team so garrett last week um let's see if i can pull it up Where's, oh, Garrett faced uh, Daniel last week and he beat him seven to one, as is typically par for the course against Daniel. Um, so I don't know how much we take away from that, uh, but he is in second place uh, in our division at least. And Zach, kind of, what are your thoughts on uh, Garrett's roster? So I think um, 
Garrett really benefited from the start of this year with how the, the way his team was playing and uh, some of his matchups. Like, I know he dominated me in, like, the second or third week of the year, and then somebody else he had played had, like, a lot of injuries or COVID or something going on. But, um, no, that McCollum injury has really hurt Gary's team. Um, but the good thing for him is, I mean, Jokic is still looking like a monster. Paul George has been really good and efficient as far as fantasy goes. And now Clint Capella, um, he's kind of just emerging as one of the best big men as far as fantasy goes this year. Because I think now he is actually the leading rebounder for all bigs in the entire league. So that that's impressive to me. And uh, the thing I noted about Gary is, like, I could honestly see it either way for him. I can see him staying in this top three to four range or I can also see him maybe even losing a few in a row and fighting for that sixth spot so I I don't think Gary's necessarily safe but I don't think he's in a, a bad position by any means and Gabe what are your thoughts here uh, yeah so Garrett went 11 and 13 over the last three weeks so he also was uh had a losing record over the last uh, three weeks, even though he has a, a decent record overall. Um, I think that John Morant, his lack of steals and threes uh, sometimes can make his fantasy line empty. Um, and then I did want to touch on Tyler Hero. He's been in and out of the lineup with different injuries and a hip injury and different uh, COVID safety protocols and things. But he's actually played better off the bench this year as a, than as a starter. And Kendrick Nunn, uh, has been playing out of his mind lately. So he may end up eating into Tyler Hero's minutes long-term, not to mention Goran Dragic. And uh, when that team is all healthy, um, it's going to be interesting to see what their guard rotation looks like. But I actually don't expect... I expect Hero to com- continue to come off the bench and uh, like like fill that role that he has been filling, which I think actually would benefit Garrett's fantasy team, as weird as that sounds. Um and then the, the local Thunder expert, tell me about Teo Maladon. I think that settling in in the absence of George Hill, um, what is what does he look like as the starting point guard? I think for fantasy he has a good game, but I just I don't know. Is it going to materialize this year? Is it something that is going to be built upon for the future? What do you think, Cam? Yeah, so George Hill being absent, it's kind of funny because I was listening to my weekly thunder podcast and they were talking about you know what were the comps for teo maladon and one of the comps that they were giving was actually george hill um (laughs) funny enough because although they have him slotted in as the starting point guard shea is our point guard like he's our starting point guard and has been all year so he's so teo has actually played a lot more off ball since the switch has been made I, i say the switch george hill got injured he did nothing wrong but um, since he was inserted into the starting lineup. And I actually think it's unleashed a little bit more to his game um, because prior to that, he was leading the second unit and he wasn't getting a ton of counting stats just because he was so focused on running the offense, right? Like get everybody to where they need to be um, and run the play the way it's supposed to be played. And now he's he's getting to play a little bit more free. So he gets to spot up. Um, I believe his three-point efficiency has gone up since the beginning of the year. Um, because he's just he's just taking open threes and he's hitting at a pretty good rate. Uh, I think in the last eight games he's shooting like forty three percent. 
um, from three, which has been awesome. And then he's he's getting he's getting to the basket, but he's still like too weak to actually be effective from there. Um, so I'm not sure where that stands on a fantasy perspective. I think he's going to be an efficient guard, but he's going to be probably one of those players that continues to get dropped and picked up as the season goes along. Um, and I don't see George Hill. Like, I think we're going to try to trade George Hill at the trade deadline. So I don't think when he comes back, it's going to affect Teo's minutes very much, but we'll have to see. Also, uh, if we gave out points or, um, like championships for top shot moments, Anthony Edwards, insane poster. Thank you. Up there because holy, oh, holy, my God. That, who, who is the the best dunker in the NBA? I was thinking about that when I saw that. Like, uh, <laughs> is Anthony Edwards already like a top three, top five dunker just because of his like youthful bounce that like he put yeah. that dude into the rim that was like, nuts man <laughs> like into the rim i i don't know what the answer to your question is as far as like who's the best dunker i think there's a lot of a lot of uh different categories we could go with there like who's the best alley-oop dunker who's the best in-game dunker we don't have to get into all that but i was thinking about that anthony edwards dunk and the last dunk that i can remember that like put that amount of shock in my body when it happened or when I saw it was probably the the Blake Griffin dunk over Kendrick Perkins when he basically oh, yeah. like pulled him into his nuts Baptized or whatever him. which and honestly when you compare the two I'm not sure which one is better um I think just the fact that Blake Griffin Heismaned uh <laughs> Kendrick Perkins makes it a little bit better but that Anthony Edwards dunk was stupid dude like dude. I can't yeah. imagine being that guy. I'm pretty sure that guy was like on a two-way contract, and I, yeah, I was, feel a little yeah, bad for was, him. Yeah, no, same, same. The the DeAndre Jordan Brandon Knight one was pretty good too. Yeah, that, was nasty. that was nasty. But but it's definitely up there with like top five dunks of the past uh, uh, decade. Years, yeah. Sure. yeah, past five years or something like that. Yeah. Um, Ramsey, what are your thoughts on uh, Garrett's team? Uh, besides still having Blake Griffin and being a fucking slave to name recognition, uh, pretty solid. <laughs> but Blake Griffin should have been dropped like three weeks ago. That's the dumbest thing I've seen. So that's all I got. Hey man, he's uh he's ranked number forty four as power forwards go in uh, fantasy. Dude, did y'all see? There was some stat that said like Blake Griffin hasn't dunked this whole year or something. Yeah, it's really sad actually. <laughs> really sad. oh another note about Garrett's team i heard it on uh the mavs game last night i think john ja morant is shooting like one of 20 or something for on threes over the last like four or five games so that's really good for garrett too dude he yeah. was playing he they were playing the thunder last night and i think it was last, no, no no they were playing the mavs that's who i was watching play um and Zach, tell me if I'm wrong. You may have watched more of that game, but Ja Morant did not look like the same Ja Morant from the beginning of the season. Like I just didn't see that pop that I saw at the beginning of the season. If he seemed very passive in a lot of ways. Nah, even the Mavs commentators were saying like, like they think Ja Morant's a beast and everything, but they're like, he just doesn't really look like your go-to guy right now. Like he's not really playmaking it's just kind of he's out there 
Yeah. Y'all remember when Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley tried to come back from a high ankle sprain early? Y'all remember those seasons? <laughs> That's what I think we're seeing, really. Like, I think he came back way too early. He's not himself. And he's also never been a great three-point shooter, like, or a volume three-point shooter. Yeah. He, like, has been a, like, I don't know, below average percentage shooter, but he just doesn't take a lot of threes. He makes less than one a game. He's, a, he, he, like, career point eight per game career 30 percent three-point shooter like that's not his game his game is like explosiveness at attacking the rim and so for him to not have that like burst that gives him the quick first step to to turn the corner it really limits his his uh ability to play make the way that he had been at the beginning of the season yeah it also doesn't help when your whole team can't shoot so everyone can just hone in on you yeah true let's go ahead and move on to our next team here uh we're actually gonna go with me i'm third in the division um i just played uh bobby this past week and i lost two to six um zach kind of what are your thoughts on my team so on your team i have you in the exact same spot that i have ryan just because i mean y'all's records are right by each other but um, I have you as a coin flip for playoffs. So I think it is 50-50 straight up. Um, I think you have had great guard play and you have had uh, some unfortunate events with the Russ injury taking as long as it did right after I had traded to you. Um, and then also the Darius Garland injury. Um, th- those have been kind of rough for your team right now. Isn't D'Angelo Russell hurt right now too? Yep. Yeah. So you, you've got a ton of dudes that have been out or are out right now. Um, but I, I do think you are going to be right on the fringe of making the playoffs. Um, and, and I mean, if ter- Terry Rozier plays like he did the other night, I think you're going to be fine. So, <laughs> uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts? Cam, do you want to know the last three weeks how many more games you won than Daniel? How many more categories? I pr- I might have lost to Daniel, honestly. Two. Yeah, two. You, you went nine and fifteen. I'm definitely not as optimistic. Um, I think that your team is in a scary position. I think that you can still make a push, but uh, something that I wrote as a universally known fact is that every fantasy league has a Russell Westbrook stan and a marvin bagley stan and so it is a true honor to be in the presence of both of them in one person thank you cam <laughs> I, yeah yeah that's fair it it has helped that russ is now playing back to back so he's not yeah he's not missing any of those games but the marvin bagley thing i can't really uh justify very much <laughs> other than like i liked all the drama with his dad and i was like maybe this gives him a little spark yeah and no no, i think he's talented but it's just funny because like you either like are the stan or you're trying to find the stand so you can trade them (laughs) off so (laughs) i just thought it was funny but i do think that like you can make a push and you've had some unfortunate injuries terry rogier has been playing awesome and i think that it's helped clear up the charlotte hornets guard rotation a little bit uh with Devonte graham out has also um been unfortunate for him but it, it has allowed Lamelo ball to really showcase his skill set um 
but yeah, I uh, with with a nine and fifteen record over the last three weeks, I do think that these next few weeks are going to be indicative of the future of your team pretty heavily. Uh, Ramsey, what are your thoughts? Uh, Gary Terry's been awesome for you. Um, and I don't know why you've had a manual quickly for the last ten days. Tom Thibodeau's a fucking shit house. He doesn't play rookies, and I mean I'm the guy that had five Knicks players. Uh, <laughs> it's true. So I expect you to move on from him quickly, but nah, no pun intended. But um, <laughs> he he's he's good. He's gonna be good in the future. But yeah, I think you're a coin flip. Everything else that's been said, I'm down with it. Ramsey, you think the Knicks make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, because Thibodeau's running everybody like 38 minutes a game and playing like seven players. They might squeak. It's actually since he traded for Derrick Rose, he's been like mixing up the guard rotation a little bit, and everyone's like playing a mix of minutes, and then Julius Randle and uh, whoever they have at center, Noel, is playing like 40 minutes. But at least they've been giving the guards like their knees a little bit of a break. <laughs> My dude, Alfred Payton, dominate. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous that he's getting minutes over quickly, but whatever. It's gross. <laughs> um, I agree with all of y'all's assessments. I think my team these last few weeks has been brutal, uh, and I just got to hold on and see where it lands. So that's where I'm at with my team. Cool. Um, let's go ahead and move on to Zach's team. Uh, so Zach last week played James gives me a Harden Ryan and lost to him, uh, two to six. Um. We'll start with uh, let's start with Gabe, and then we'll go to Ramsey, and then Zach. You can kind of tell us what you think of your own team. Uh, so Gabe, sure. so, so Zach went thirteen and eleven over the last three weeks, which is pretty good. We're getting into the more uh, winning winning records now over the last three weeks. And I said that Jalen Brunson is the second best ball handler on the Mavs. Well, Lamelo Ball is your second best fantasy player. Do you remember when you were trying to sell him for scraps at the beginning of the year? Look, how, Thank God look how dumb you look now. Because he's literally your second best player behind Luca, and everyone under him is like arguable. Like, uh, it, does Kristaps ever play again? Not really, but <laughs> like, does he, like he gives you two games uh, in a four-game week or something like that. Bro, Zach. Uh... I, I would argue. I would argue if Drummond is on the right team, he could be my second best. And Gobert at times can be just because of his rebounds and defense. Yeah, but I still think Lamelo is like actually way better than both of those no, yeah. <laughs> well, kind of saving my team right now yeah and i i did want to mention though that drummond and and the eventual return of kp if drummond signs somewhere where he can play big minutes and fill up the stat sheet like he can i think that um like your team will be fine but you actually lost rebounds last week and for a team that is filled with as many big men as you have i think that that is got to make you at least a little bit nervous i know that there were some minutes issues and kp didn't even play all of last week and stuff but uh, still like you can't like i was about to say it doesn't make me nervous because i i don't even know how we're counting my stats last week i i had like well no one on the mavs got to even play last week due to the power outages so that's like i think i had four mavs players where i got zero stats the whole week and then um, the whole Drummond thing went down, so I have, like, way less rebounding than I normally would. Um, Lamelo didn't get to play two games last week because they were, like, exposed from the Spurs. 
And then I had like two or three guys that were playing this first last week, so they didn't even get to play. So I was yeah. like, honestly, I am so thankful I got two categories last week because that was a complete shit show, everything that went down. I feel that. I guess I was more just saying, like, the way that your team is set up, like, you have to win rebounds, blocks, and field goal percentage to, like, give yourself a shot in the week. And so the fact that you were, like, even losing those, I know that, like, you, you just mentioned why, but it's scary because your other categories are so far and away behind those three that I feel like that's kind of the, like, heat check gauge for your team almost yeah i i think when the if delon comes back quick delon right honestly i can compete with anyone in steals too um because him and lamello together they're getting me a ton of steals yeah saving lee actually played pretty well tonight i just i, I was looking at box scores before so we'll see but you, you might be right you might be right Ramsey, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on Zach's team? Uh, love Lamelo. I can't believe how good he's been. Um, and I wish I would have tried to trade for him. He's also <laughs> keeper. I'm I'm obsessed with fucking values. He's drafted in the eighth round, but I'm not sure if you're gonna keep. Uh, obviously, you're gonna keep uh, Luca. So I don't. You might not be able to keep him, but something to think about. Uh, Andre Drummond, I think, is a little bit of a better version of Hassan Whiteside. I think all he does is put up stats. He's awesome for fantasy, but I think now Jared Allen is uh, really coming into his own, and uh, I think you're not going to get much value out of him going forward. But besides that, I love the DeLon Wright uh, snag you got, and uh, trading for Mason Plumlee turned out pretty sweet. Yeah, I cannot believe how good Mason Plumley's been. <laughs> it's my Pistons, baby. <laughs> it's blowing my mind. All right, I bet Gabe was so mad that those boys two have panned out. Boys, I wasn't. I was not going to mention mention this in this podcast. Uh, but I'm sitting here on NBA Top Shot. Sorry to totally distract what we're doing right now, but I'm sitting here on NBA Top Shot, and they just had a, a pack release. And I'll explain what Top Shot is probably at the end of this podcast if we have enough time. But they just had a pack release of only 5,000 packs, and there was 81,000 people in line. And I got number 715. So you're getting a pack? So I'm going to get a pack. Hey! So uh, as soon as... If I go dark for a second, Gabe, you're just going to have to take the podcast because i got to buy one of these. But... uh, but I'll I'll he, I'll Get keep you guys updated. Yeah, we might have to we might have to do it uh <laughs> we might have to do it live on the pod. So sorry, I totally distracted, but I got seven hundred people to go, so we'll uh we'll wait to see on all uh, of that. Um uh, who's next? was there anything else on Uh Longhorns just beat the Jayhawks. So <laughs> Okay, sweet. Sweet My, all right. College uh, basketball watching has been like zero this year zach do you think you're gonna make the playoffs yes or no i don't think i'm going to but i think i'm gonna be right on that because okay. i think i'm trending upward as long as drummond gets traded soon and kp actually plays what if he gets traded to the mavs <laughs> and then uh, him and kp's trade or they like split fantasy value <laughs> 
Well, I, I, I just have a tough time seeing us actually having both KP and Drummond. Plus, then yeah. I'd have like six Mavs on my team, so I'm going to have to do something about that. <laughs> okay, moving on to our next team here. We've got Camden. So Camden is in fifth on our side of the bracket, right behind Zach. He's a half game back from Zach. Um, and he played Ramsey this past week um, and beat Ramsey 6-2 in their matchup. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts of Camden's team? So, honestly, I mean, him and I have a very similar record. I think I'm, like, one game better than him. We have both had a lot of misfortune this year as far as COVID and injuries go. Um, But... I would honestly say me and him are just kind of in the same spot. Like, I think my team has a little more upside than his, but with Towns returning and the way he's playing, um, and, I mean, he's got Jamal Murray, who has kind of had a few tough stretches this season. Uh, Middleton's been pretty good. Buddy Heald. I, and, honestly, Jordan Clarkson was quite the snag because that dude is playing like a six-man of the year. So um, I, I see him trending upward, and I, I don't think he's going to make playoffs, but I could see him moving to like that seven or eight spot to end the year. And uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts? Sure. Um, he finally got Carl Anthony Towns back, and now he's got a new coach. So I think that that's definitely going to be an offensive building block for uh, whatever Chris Finch schemes up. Uh Carl Anthony Towns is already a fantasy monster when he plays, so it's going to be interesting to see just how high he can take his fantasy game. Um, he had a mind-blowing 66 steals last week. <laughs> Wait, say yeah, that again? No, say a, that again? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. He had a mind-blowing 66 steals last week, and it was led by Kelly Oubre, Jamal Murray, and Chris Middleton. Um, is that the uh, Is that the most we've had all year? think so but like his team is not necessarily that good at steals and so to see (laughs) 66 just out of nowhere is like crazy and i did want to mention that his team just continues to rain threes he's led the league in threes two of the last three weeks he's uh, like one of the only people in our league to break 100 in multiple weeks so he went 12 and 12 uh, over the last three weeks and uh, his team is kind of stabilizing now that uh, everyone is is getting healthy, namely Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, Ramsey, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I like his team a lot, especially now with Towns back. And I was reading up on their new coach, and uh, Towns looks like he's gonna he's gonna become a uh, much bigger facilitator than he was before. So that'll be an even more uh, yeah an even bigger bonus. Uh, tonight, he had 11 assists. That's pretty sweet. Ubre's coming around. Um, Jordan Clarkson, like you said, was a sweet snag. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this team. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna squeak in. I think his, uh, the his the coach Chris Finch didn't he work with Jokic at one point? So I think that uh, Jokic is such a gifted facilitator. Maybe Towns can uh, can take some of that and uh, turn it into his own assist numbers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I mean, I think he's really going to blow up. Uh, yeah. And obviously, yeah. so things could be good for this team. Fun. 
Cam, are you there? Yeah, I am here. I just bought my pack, so it's legit. I have a pack sitting here saying, open my pack. So sorry, right. sorry if I'm distracted. Hit the, hit the next one. Uh, yeah, you got it. Well, I don't, I don't know who the next. Oh, one oh, 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 gotcha. Oh, well, hold on. I was gonna ask if there was, uh, if you had to rank me, Zach, and Camden, uh, for odds of making the playoffs, how would you rank us? Um, you know what to do. Good question. Let me think about it. Like. Two seconds. So, I think that that's so tough. Oof, 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 oof. Probably you and Zach, like right on the edge, fighting for it. And then I don't, I don't know that Camden has the ability to salvage the damage that's already been done. So I think I have to put. Um, like him below y'all too, but between the two of you, I, I, I don't know. That's fair. It's tough. Like, does does D'Angelo Russell ever come back? Does Andre Drummond ever play for another team? Like, it's just hard. I think y'all will both be there fighting for like the five six. Yeah. If Drummond doesn't play for another team, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> hey. Uh. Okay. Let's go on to our last team on this side here. Uh. So it is Big R. Um. We don't need to make. We don't need to take a ton of time on Big R. Uh, his team's really struggling. But Gabe, if you just have like a, a f- couple sentences on his team, anything yeah. to salvage? Yeah, I mean, he went 10 and 14 over the last three weeks. So, I mean, that's not great. Um, but he has seven really good fantasy players. The back end of his roster, which is actually like the last six players on his team, is just, it, it's kept him from being competitive. It's, there's, there's such a stark contrast between his top players and his like back end players that I think like he could benefit from just a little bit more like savvy team building or like a trade or some more waiver wire uh, like flyers even like people that have that have potential like Ramsey's been talking about upside or potential and um, I think he could really benefit from like just some of those guys who are sitting on our waiver wire right now. Our waiver wire is a graveyard. Have y'all seen it? Graveyard, it's just injured bro. player after injured player after. And like good yes. players, but they're just like, they're all injured. It's literally a graveyard. Yes, exactly. Ramsey, did you have anything to add on Big R's team? Uh, he's got an IR spot open and three <laughs> players that are so he should uh, do better. And that's that's why we're not gonna take too much time on Big R there. Um, oh, Zach, sorry. Did you want to say anything? Yeah, just one word, clown. <laughs> clown. <laughs> okay, going to the other side of the bracket, we have uh we have Gabe's team, um, and I think I already mentioned it, but Gabe, you and uh, Bowie tied last week, I believe. Um, yeah. Four four. Uh, so Zach, what are what do you have for uh, Gabe's team? He's a uh, oh by the way he is the first overall team, um I think he is two and a half games ahead of Bowie so yeah so uh, like you said Gabe is number one sitting on top uh, just barely ahead of Bowie um, but honestly if I really had to give my opinion I do think as of right now Gabe will win the league. And I just think it is because of all of the star power 
and the depth that he has. Like Steph, Kawhi, Ben Simmons, and Anthony Davis. I guess those would be kind of your big four. But then, honestly, when you throw Jeremy Grant in there, who is playing like an all-star in the NBA based off stats, Mm -hmm. and then if you get Nurkic back healthy, I just think it's going to be really hard to compete with your team. I think there's plenty of teams out there that could, like, get close with you, like get it to 3-5, something like that. But I just think the way your team's set up, you can win too many categories, especially when, like, Steph has a stupid game where he hits like eight threes. So, and uh, Ramsey, did you have any thoughts on Gabe's team? Yeah, I've been on the Gabe train for a while now. This is the <laughs> best team for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, when you have, I, I'm I'm pissed off about Evan Fournier. I dropped him at the beginning of the season. Now he's playing like an animal. So that's annoying. But uh, yeah, add all the stars, and then the fact that. Jeremy Grant's just doing stupid stuff. This team, I don't see how he doesn't win. Gabe, you really should have kept uh, DeLon Wright and Plumlee because you'd have the Pistons trio. <laughs> Man, that's the coveted the coveted Pistons trio. <laughs> Dude, but no, honestly, uh, that's where you find good fantasy players is like those really bad teams, I feel like. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, it's okay, I... I kept Jaron Jackson warm for you for a week, Ramsey. Don't worry. <laughs> I do appreciate that. I got a little scared when you picked him up, but <laughs> well, like, he's definitely better than a lot of my back end guys. But like, it's just frustrating to get no points or like no stats accumulated during the week, and then at the end of the week, it says there's still no timetable for his return. And I'm like, at this point, like, I don't know. He's that might as well just like secure my buy for the playoffs and take flyers on people like Robert Williams and like bodies that are actually playing. It's just hard to roster so many injured players when Anthony Davis and and Yusuf Nurkic are still out. But I was going to say Steph Curry is definitely carrying, uh, he's carrying the Warriors to the eighth seed and my fantasy team to victory. He's hitting five threes a game and his true shooting percent is over 65%. That literally makes no sense. I know. Um, Evan Fournier, uh, high level offensively, because of all of the injuries, especially in their guard rotation. So he's gotten a lot more ball handling responsibilities. They lost Markel Fultz early. They lost Cole Anthony recently. Now they've got Michael Carter-Williams playing the point. And so Fournier is getting a lot more of those ball handling responsibilities. He's actually surpassed 20 points in four of his last five games. So um, he's, he's playing well, like Ramsey was saying. And then OG Ananobi, he was playing so well. And then uh, since he's gotten back from this calf injury, he's just been kind of slow. So uh, if he can reestablish his form as like the steals and threes and just just fill up the box score with decent to low usage but high efficiency, um, I think that I'll feel a lot better about my chances moving forward. Yeah, going back to the Steph thing just really quick, like I – I expressed my doubts here on the podcast. I was like, I do not think that he can, on his own, carry that team to the eighth seed or even like solidify himself as that number one fantasy option for you. And I was definitely proven wrong. Steph has been incredible um, all season yeah. long. And he's really, like, honestly, 
he didn't start out fantastic on the season. And that's where the doubts like started to creep in. Um, and I mean, he's just turned it to a new level. It feels like every single month he's played better and better and better. So, yeah, and I, I think that there is some credit that needs to be given to Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green. A lot of those players have played better, which is letting Steph like do what he does because there is no Clay Thompson. And so at the beginning when Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre couldn't hit a three and Draymond Green wasn't there, I think that um, like the, the defense really only had one thing to worry about. And now that those players, along with some of their rotation guys, Toscano Anderson and Damian Lee, like their, their, their team as a whole is playing much, much better. And so I think it's allowing Steph to do the things that he did when Clay was there and uh, mm-hmm. even when KD was there and like that, that whole team, I think that it's been good and it's probably been good to like have the rookie uh, watch some games and really grow because I, I like I expressed earlier on the podcast earlier this year that he just like, he was, he was slow defensively. He wasn't, he, he like wasn't an NBA caliber starter just yet. He had so much raw potential but like he wasn't there yet. And so I think maybe watching the way that um, some of these vets have played, it can only help him, I think. Yeah, I agree. Going on to our next team here, we've got uh, Bobby. And last week, oops, sorry, let me see. Oh, Bobby beat me last week 6-2. He is six and a half games back from Gabe. Um. So, Zach, what are your thoughts on uh, Bobby's team? So, um, for the Architects team, I think he has probably the sneakiest uh, good team out of everyone in our league. Um, When you just kind of look through his roster, like, you don't see a ton of star power necessarily. But um, it, it has been a little disappointing because Trey Young was off to a hot start. He's had a few rough stretches as well. Um, the way CP3 has played, is he continuing to play the way he did like two weeks ago? I haven't been keeping up with him that much. He, but... He's been pretty good. He had an incredible game the other night against uh, New Orleans. He had 19 assists. but oh, that, uh, well, that was the one he hit the shot at the end too to kind of put it away. Yeah, he's he's been really good as of late. Yeah. Yeah, named an all-star over book, so. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought when he got CP3 that that was quite a steal um, just due to the upside on it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like that's paying off right now. Um, but at the start of the year, we were looking at stats. We were like, what the hell, like two points, three assists? Uh, no, we were not all saying that, just FYI. <laughs> we were. I was, telling, I was telling you he waits a little bit and then turns it on. I've I called this. I'm not apologizing for it. I called it. Just just remember, Cam also called the uh, Lucas step back bad. I'll show you the stats, kid. Move on. <laughs> um, and so the only other things I was gonna note on here, um, he really seems to like the 76ers big men. Um, but that's not a bad thing. Um, I think the Aiton trade will end up paying off for him because he's going to have some of the best big man stats in the league Um, with those two Sixers players, him and Miles Turner. 
And then do we know like the status of LaMarcus Aldridge? Like I've seen him out for a while, but I have not taken the time to actually look at what's going on. I think he got upgraded to questionable for uh, his this upcoming game. So I think he's, I, I don't know if they, if they had a game tonight, I'm not sure what happened, but I do know that he should be coming back soon. Is LaMarcus Aldridge LaMarcus. still in the league? Is that a thing? <laughs> what? <laughs> the center for the Spurs? Yeah, you just go to die whenever you're at the Spurs. I never watch you again. Boring team. <laughs> But no, the uh, stupid team the, basketball. The, the main note I had about <laughs> the architect was I will think he will be in the playoffs. Um, I don't know what seed necessarily, but I do think he's pretty much a lock to at least make the playoffs. So, and uh, Ramsey, what were your what are your thoughts on it on his team? Uh, I mean, I think yeah, he's for sure gonna make the playoffs and uh, he's gonna have the big man stats and if. Trey Young can get hot. Joel Embiid killing it. Tobias Harris is having defensive stats like he's never had in his career. It's part of the reason I traded him for Vucevic earlier this year because I didn't think it was sustainable, but he's still doing well. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be a hard out. And he got uh, the homie, Jay Sean Tate. So that's cool. The homie. <laughs> Good vibes on that team, I guess. I talk about that guy since he, since he made his debut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, just real quick. His team was ridiculously, ridiculously efficient the last three weeks. He shot over 50% from the field all three weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. He went 15-9 and nine over the last three weeks. So he is right underneath. Uh, I went 16-8, and eight, and Brian actually went 16-8 and eight as well over the last three weeks. But he's right underneath that at 15-9. and nine. Jay Sean Tate, uh, with the release of Boogie Cousins, is uh, going to become a much more of a fantasy contributor and i think it'll just be fun to see how they play with justin Patton and jay sean tate and all the uh all the front court minutes and and in houston and then uh i also wanted to say that bobby's team has three all-star snubs that you could argue in trey young miles turner and tobias harris miles turner he leads the league in blocks and obviously like People value points and assists and things uh, a lot higher than they value defensive stats. But I thought it was worth mentioning. Like, someone from the Pacers was all I was really wanting, him or Savonis, to make the team. Because, like, God forbid that we play team basketball and not one player averages 30, 11, and 9, you know? Like, but anyways. Uh, and I was just going to say, that's a credit to how they've been playing, as well as, like, maybe there's a, uh, like, I'll show them narrative, you know? for his team and so i think that they'll get hot but you saying the architect should have a uh, chip on his shoulder yeah or his players should shoot <laughs> yeah okay okay cool yeah and he's well, kind of in that he's... same spot like he's he's just out of the playoff conversation right like we don't think of him as the all-star team but he's uh he might play with a chip on his shoulder the rest of the way yeah sure and i know miles turner tweeted something about being pissed but I, it was like a vague tweet but tonight he was definitely not happy about him or sabonis or yeah who knows what he was really upset about but i mean we like, can we it, it definitely mattered to him we could definitely get into this conversation not tonight because we're already over an hour and a half but uh, uh like the all-star thing is just it's become more and more i think of of just a joke of a fan vote and name recognition yeah. sort of deal and oh, sure. i think it goes to show the all NBA team almost always means more than the all-star team. And so is, is the all-star team just 100% fan vote? I honestly no. don't even. 
It's 50% fan vote, 25% player vote, and 25% coach vote. Okay. Well, I guess at least or there's some media is in there somewhere. But, but yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's like 50% fan vote. Most of it matters for the fans. But uh, Moving on to our next team here, we've got Nick. Um, so Nick is sitting in third in his division. Um, he is ten and a half games back from you, Gabe, and four games back uh, from Bobby. He did just beat Big R seven to one. Um, so where are we at with uh, Nick's team? Uh, Gabe, why don't you start for us on this one? All right, yeah, Nick's team. Uh, I mean, Ricky Rubio. He inherits the starting point guard job on a team with a brand new head coach, like we talked about. So. Um, I don't know. He's been pretty good with assists and steals this year, but we'll, we'll see how he, uh, how the coach intends to use him alongside uh, Malik Beasley in that uh, backcourt. And then we've got Fred Van Vliet uh, becomes a new addition to Nick's fantasy team. And I think, uh, like I've said a lot of times already, he fits that team well. And so we'll see how it helps for the playoff push down the stretch. And Jalen Jalen Brown's shooting has come back down to earth. I think that that's why um, he's been or not not exactly why, but uh, it's a small portion at least of why uh, Nick's team uh, lost two of the last three matchups. But it came back down to earth, and and Jalen Brown's never shot over forty percent from three in a season. But to his credit, he is much improved this season. So I do think that he'll um, stabilize. And I mean, he made the All Star game. He's playing well. But yeah, the 13 and 11 last three weeks, um, we'll have to see how Fred Van Vliet uh, changes the, 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 the scope for Nick's team's future and his playoff hopes. And Zach, what are your thoughts on Nick's team? So I think Nick is a very similar boat to the architect. Um, he's got a sneaky good team and I think he's a surefire playoff team. He will definitely be in there. Um, his guards are pretty unbelievable. Like, that is the strength of his team, kind of as, kind of as we've been saying. Van Vliet, Sexton, um, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, who is dominating as of late, and then Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, Nick keeps up with it so much, like we've said uh, from the beginning of this, that I don't really see a way where he does not make it. Like, I think he's going to at least claw his way in there, and then we'll see what happens. You know what's funny is I I wonder if, like, we've put so much pressure on Nick that he's actually, like, (laughs) watched more NBA basketball than he ever has this season because we're all like, oh, yeah, this guy watches every single game. Like, he knows everything about the NBA. (laughs) Yeah, he's just sweating at home watching all these games. I got to make him proud. Uh, Ramsey, what are your thoughts on Nick's team? Uh, I really like the trade for him this season, getting Van Vliet, because, I mean, Collins, I mean, he's really been not great. Uh, so that helps him a ton. And uh, he's already, you know, I think he's in the f- fifth fifth place right now. And uh, with that addition, he'll probably be going up against trying to get that spot from Bobby for seeding. But I think he's in good shape. Yeah. Yeah, and y'all know Nick's my guy, so I ain't got more to say. Go get that shit, baby. Go get that shit. <laughs> next, uh, next team we have here is Ramsey. So Ramsey is eleven and a half games back from Gabe. Uh, he's one game back from Nick. Uh, we talked about he's made a lot of trades, kind of for next season. 
but still finds himself in the mix here. Uh, let's see, who did you play last week, Ramsey? Oh, you lost to Camden, uh, two to six. So, uh, Zach, start us off on this one. How are you feeling about Ramsey's team? Yeah, so I think um, Ramsey will definitely be fighting for a playoff spot. Um, I have his team more of trending downward, especially after the Christian Wood injury. And, I mean, I think Ramsey, like like he said, he he's going to see what happens, but he's more of playing for the future. So um, he doesn't have, like, a bad lineup as far as, like, how many moves he's made for the future. But um, I, I think he's going to be right on the edge, right on the fringe. Honestly, I think he's going to fall in the range of um, where me, you, and Camden end up. So. And then, Gabe, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm learning that you all are expecting there to be a pretty heavy push for, like, the three, four, five, six spots in the playoffs. Like, everyone is a contender for those spots, which I think is actually the right way to look at it because, like Cam said, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. So it really could fall uh, any way. I think I, I don't know that that many teams have really been elim- eliminated from playoff contention. But, yeah, Ramsey went 11-12-1 and one, um, over the last – three weeks and really all I wrote was that it's impressive with all of the value that he's extracted and picks that he's even still competitive at this point like that's really all I that's really all I have to say about his team we've talked about it kind of at length already in detail about his the different categories and what goes up and what goes down but I'm just I'm more impressed that he was able to extract that many second and third round picks and still be competitive at at all this year my uh my comp for Ramsey's team is last year's Thunder team where we traded all of our players and like traded for a bad contract and Chris Paul but we were actually still super competitive and took the Rockets to game 7 in the playoffs so uh mad respect there Ramsey um and then my second thought on your team is I knew your team was doomed whenever you put RJ Barrett on your team um because <laughs> he might be the worst basketball player in the entire NBA uh, he's horrible, and you might want to drop him uh, ASAP Rocky. <laughs> Did RJ Barrett like, use the date Addy or something? No, dude. I, I have hated – I honestly think that he was the reason uh, that Duke didn't go farther in that March Madness, and all I wanted to see was Zion destroying the rim every single play, huh. and he was the thing that held them back. Who did they lose to that year, just randomly? Was and, it Louisville? Uh, was it a Louisville team? I don't know. That might be wrong. I, I For some reason, I thought they lost to like a small school, but I can't remember. Oh, well. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, but Ramsey, any thoughts on your own team? I know we've kind of talked about your team a lot, but you've been uh, hot and heavy in the, the fantasy action. Yeah. Um, nah, that's about all I got. Here's to hoping John Collins goes to another team. So hey. look even better for the future. <laughs> yeah. But that's all. Um. And then we've got Ryan's team here. So he's in fifth. Uh, he's 12 games back from Gabe. He's a half game back from Ramsey. Uh, for what it's worth, he's in fifth in his division, and he would be in third in our division. Uh, he's a game ahead of me, or a half game ahead of me. Um, and I'm in third in that division. So to put that in perspective, that's kind of where our where Gabe is talking about. The race is pretty tight for those like three through 10 seeds honestly um 
where are we feeling as far as uh, Ryan's team, Gabe? So, so Ryan's team, like, wow, James gives me a Harden. We were, we didn't know how it was going to go in in Brooklyn, and it has been incredible for fantasy. It's been incredible for the Nets. They've they've looked awesome. Uh, he's won assists every single week, largely on the back of James Harden, who's averaging a, a league high eleven point one a game. Um, the announcement of Andre Drummond being held out um has just skyrocketed jared allen's value uh, just to showcase this he played 42 minutes against okc on sunday and had a casual 26 points 17 rebounds three blocks oh, yeah. and he was a perfect 11, 11 of 11 from the field like they're just they're not nobody could even touch him on that court and so honestly my um, takeaway from that is if you ever have a big that's playing against the thunder you need to start them because yeah. the Thunder interior well, defense is so bad. That is true. But it's also like you have a rookie in there and then like not a whole lot else. Oh, yeah, for sure. If Al, especially if Al Horford's not playing, like there's actually nothing like that they can do to stop it. Correct. Um, and then I did want to mention Robert Covington, who has been a big part of Ryan's going 16 and 8 over the last three weeks. Um, his defensive numbers are reemerging, and he's it's making him a valuable fantasy asset. And this is a lot because um, the Trailblazers are just decimated injury wise, and so he's playing some center actually. Um, and so, get this: he has 16 blocks and five steals in his last four games. That's a ridiculous defensive numbers. And when you're playing in a categories league, uh, like those two are some lower volume stats where like each one really, really matters. And so Robert Covington is invaluable in those situations. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, like I said at the start about you um, being completely 50-50 for playoffs, I think he falls right in that same range. Um, I, I don't know. I really think y'all are like almost the exact same um, as far as your teams go. I think the Oladipo injury slash play and Karis Lever will have a huge impact on if he makes a push or not. Um, like Gabe said, Harden's been a monster. Um, Brandon Ingram's had a great year. And then um, same with De'Aaron Fox. And the fact that Jared Allen um, kind of finally has his own team um, on Cleveland, and it looks like they're just saying bye to Drummond. Um, it, it looks really good for him. So I, I think he'll make playoffs, but I would say it's right at 50-50 because it's going to be really competitive uh, getting in on those last two or three spots. And uh, Ramsey. Ramsey, do you you know Ryan personally, right? Yes. Okay. High school. Yeah, because, you know, like I've, ne- I've met Ryan a few times in college, but like we've never met you in person. So it's like, it's kind of funny to talk about your team and like you to talk about our team, but like you actually know Ryan, so you can be like brutally honest about his team. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I cut out there for a little bit. I'm not sure if y'all mentioned this, um, but nine, the number nine. This motherfucker has only made nine moves this season. <laughs> how are you gonna win that way? You're not going to win that way. I don't care how good your team is, which he has a pretty decent team, but he's just a lazy motherfucker, and he's not going to get into the playoffs. <laughs> That's about all I got. That's and, good. And honestly, his back end is still looks a lot better than most people's. I cannot lie to you. Like, there's 
like there's only a handful of guys who I'm like I would probably wouldn't pick that guy up if he was on uh, on the thing, which is like I had no idea that his transactions were that low because so I mean nine <laughs> nine great. moves includes like dropping and adding players. Uh, yeah, it's got so. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess that. I guess that's that what it would wild. be. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's crazy, dude. On that note, this past week I had seven moves because no one on my team played. He had zero. And he <laughs> stole with my ass. Dude. Was oh my gosh, it made me so mad, and I was just like, "Well, there's really nothing you can fucking do." Zach, that's so funny. Like that exact same thing happened to me this last week. I'm trying to see because it was against Bobby. Yeah, I had five of seven tra- matchup acquisitions, and he had zero of seven, and he waxed me in everything. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what happens when your team actually plays. Yeah, it's amazing. That's so funny. Um, okay, the last team we have here is Daniel. Uh, I'm just gonna cut us off at this point because there's not a lot to say about Daniel. Um, expect- I, just, I just wrote Selfer picks. Good job beating Bowie, <laughs> and you won two less games than Cam this in the last three. Weeks, so. <laughs> I- I hope he's enjoying the marriage because that's yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, good thing Lindsay's a good gal. Um, <laughs> other than that, boys, uh, we're over an hour 45, but we wanted to do that intentionally, give you guys a banger. I know we missed the last couple weeks, um, but if you made it this far, thanks for listening to our podcast. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to mention? No, nah, it was it was good finally talking to Ramsey in person or as For close sure. to in person as this is. For sure, man. Only ever got the uh, the oversleeper or text conversation. So man, it was a pleasure, Ramsey. Hey, thanks guys. I I enjoyed this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, we enjoyed having you and thanks for like being an active participant on like Gabe said, sleeper and just being active in the trades. Like it makes it a lot more fun for us to be able to talk about things and I feel like you're always like a heavy part of that. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This league's a lot of fun. Best one I've been in. Cool, cool. Well, you boys have a great week. Uh, hopefully, we can get back to a little bit of normalcy next week. Um, and we will see you guys next time.